On today's bonus edition of Locked On Mavericks, I jumped on the Locked On Wizards podcast to talk to Delonte Daniels and Ed Oliver about Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. You can listen to the full entire episode on Locked On Wizards where I talked about the Christoph Porzingis trade. And then this is a clip from that episode where we specifically talked about Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Thought I'd drop it on this feed as a little bonus for you guys. So hope you enjoy my conversation with Locked On Wizards, Ed and Delonte. Let me ask you about the let me ask you about some of the other guys. So um Spencer Dinwiddie, what was what went so wrong for Spencer Dinwiddie in Washington? The the Kevin O'Connor report that, you know, he's a shell of himself and all his teammates hate him, right? Like what at a certain point got why, why did it get to that point with Spencer Dinwiddie? Um so Spencer and Brad they did not play well together. Um, when Bradley Bill would sit down or, you know, he was injured for a few games, Spencer Dinwiddie would put up 25 points a game. Bradley Bill comes in, they play together. He's averaging about eight or nine points a game. Uh, he can barely move. He, he was a shell of himself. Um, there's something called a grenade shot. I, I, you, you know what a grenade is when they dribble the ball to the 23-second mark and then the last second of the shot clock, they pass it off to somebody else and they shoot the ball from half court. And it's basically a, almost a shot clock violation. Spencer Dinwiddie was the king of doing that. <laughs> I don't know if he's done it yet with you guys. Um, and then from off court, from the off the court standpoint, he tried to, he said in the press conference that he tried to be a leader and that wasn't received well. Um, that was tweeted out by a Wizards beat reporter, um, Chase Hughes, and that went viral because it, it just showed the dysfunction and the, the to- toxicity of the locker room. Some guys try to be a vocal leader, some guys just didn't want to hear, you know, um, and guys were just going at each other, had a couple fights during the season. Um, but yeah, Dinwiddie, um, he, he did not play like he will, he was in Brooklyn at all. Uh, he was very slow defensively, defensively. He was a turntable defensively as well. And, uh, he couldn't get by guys. He would get up half court and he would have to turn his back to the defense. Cause he just couldn't get past anybody. He would throw up a lot of floaters, a lot of, you're going to see a lot of sidestep three pointers that would brick off the rim as well. Um, so, but, Every time somebody leaves the Wizards, they start to play better. So I wouldn't be surprised if he starts playing better. <laughs> yeah, I think that's similar too. If he plays better, similar to Bertans, I wouldn't be surprised because that happens as well with the Wizards and former players. Dinwiddie, just the fit with Bill, it didn't work. When Bill wasn't there, Dinwiddie looked decent. When Bill was there, Dinwiddie just didn't look good. It would be games where... It would be the third quarter, and Spencer Dinwiddie has either zero points or just has like two shot attempts. It will be games where he looks like he's afraid to attack the basket, and he will refuse to attack the basket. And it could have been because of the knee. It probably was because of the ACL. He didn't want to sit out any games to start the season. And, I mean, that's on him. When you're on the court, you're expected to produce. It could get better with the Mavericks, but with the Wizards, no. It just wasn't working out. It was bad. The The shot attempts were bad. At the very beginning of the season, it looked good, though. You know, we were saying Wizards got a closer. He was looking like the closer. But <laughs> everything was looking good in the 10-3 and 3 start. Uh, after that, just downhill. The health for the Wizards seemed to like be a bad thing for them, right? Like They finally got guys all back together, and it was like, oh, these guys don't fit, and separately it was better. For them, for them to be separate almost. Yeah, they, they got better when a lot of guys went on the health and safety protocol list because it was more, it was a smaller rotation. It was at one point, guy, it was like 12, 13 guys playing games and you got 11 minutes, 11 minutes, 11 and 15 minutes. And it was just, guys didn't like that. 
And players were vocalizing that in press conferences about, you know, rotations, guys trying to get theirs, guys complaining about minutes. Davies Bertan spoke about it, guys complaining about minutes and their role. And it's tough when you got all these guys who want to play, and then the minutes are sporadic, and some guys get 15, some guys get 11. It's hard to get in a groove like that. Guys want to be on the court. So when that condensed, it got better. And they look better right now. You know, the schedule's a little easier, but they look better right now. Yeah, Davis Bertans has already mentioned that exact thing in, you know, like when he first got introduced to the Mavericks. I think it was after his first game. He talked about, well, you know, it's it's hard when the minutes are, you know, you're not, you don't know where they're coming from and a bunch of different guys and some guys don't know their roles and things like that. Um, I think him and Dinwiddie both came out and kind of threw shots at the, at the Wizards a little bit. Do you think that those shots were warranted, Ed, or do you think that those were, uh, he, he's just kind of talking out of school because he was not playing well? Oh, they, they, they definitely were. Um, warranted or not? I, I, I think they, they definitely were. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, I think he definitely wanted to get some things off his chest. Bertans as well. Uh, Montrezl Harrell also said some things on Twitter as well. We, we already know he's a guy that's going to go out there and, and get his emotions and, and go on social media and say different things. Um, but yeah, these guys, they did not like each other. Um, I don't think they like the coach either, Wes Unso Jr. Um, I think everybody was happy to leave. That's why we were so happy for Dinwiddie to, to leave and, and Bertans to leave as well. Nothing. To, I think all these guys are nice guys, but just the chemistry and the playing time, it was very, very toxic. It got very ugly. Um, Bertans and, and Denny got into an altercation. Montrose um, Harrell and, and KCP got into an altercation. Dinwiddie and Bill, they just didn't get along on, on the court. You, you could just tell. We had a coach almost fight a fan. Um <laughs> Stuff just hit the fan, honestly. It, it was toxic to the point where we, we just needed to start over. And that's why this trade, getting Bertans and Dinwiddie out of the locker room and, and just off the team for Porzingis, we could have traded them for anybody. We could have we traded those guys for Max Keebler. And I think we, all Wizards fans would have been excited just because these guys are leaving. That's how bad it got to that point. Maxie's Maxie's actually good, so that would have been a great yeah. trade for you guys if you were able right. to get Maxie. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah, it's it was bad. It got really bad. And the shots, same with Montrez. When we spoke about Montrez, Harold and his comments, it's, I mean, I'd say it's true. I don't think anybody's lying. I could tell, every fan could tell the fans weren't having fun watching. And you could tell the players weren't having fun playing. And I'm not surprised that guys were complaining about minutes, complaining about their roles, et cetera, and touches, because it was true. You had a lot of guys and only one pie. And it's hard to feed everybody and have them be full. So I'm sure I was not surprised. I was always waiting for the tea to be spilled when the trades went by. Because when situations like this with teams, it always happens. The tea spills. Everybody has their shots to throw. But it was bad. It was ugly. Then what he said, he tried to step up. They The guys shut it down. They didn't care. They didn't, I, I guess, didn't like him. I don't know. He's a cryptocurrency guy maybe he has a <laughs> smartest guy in the room complex that guys hate oh, the, the Mavs don't have anybody like that the, <laughs> no one in the front office no one in the organization not even an owner that that acts like that no no they have, they have nobody like that so he'll be fine he'll be fine yeah, he'll be him and Cuban are definitely going to talk. We talked about that when the Mavs the Mavs almost signed him in the offseason if they hadn't re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. they were going to sign um, Spencer Dinwiddie probably and so 
Uh, yeah, we thought we joked about, well, is that going to be a benefit for, for Dinwiddie? Like, would he want to come just because he could talk to Cuban about crypto? <laughs> like, yeah, is yeah, as he I remember he tried to get something with his currency on the jersey patch or something like that. So <laughs> well, he tried to change his contract to be paid in, in Bitcoin, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, so he's a big I know him and Cuban are big crypto buddies. So hopefully that works out for him on the outside of basketball thing as well. Maybe they can get it popping with, you know, currency with the Mavs as well and all of that. But it's it's it'll be an interesting fit, I think. I, I'm definitely I've been keeping up with the stats to see how Dinwiddie and Bertans play have played with the Mavericks, and I will continue to do it because I want to see maybe if it was just the Wizards fit or maybe these guys. I want to know if these guys are truly washed or was it just the situation <laughs> they were in in DC? I'm very and I'm very curious. It's similar with the Mavericks. Is KP going to be available now and dropping all these games and playing consistently? And it's like, a, well, where was that at in Dallas these last three years? Is it going to be that kind of situation? Dinwiddie has played – he's only played two games. So we're, right. we're a really small sample size we're talking mm-hmm. about with these guys. But from what we've seen from him so far, he's played incredibly passive. I We have not really seen him try to – attack very much or try to take over very much try to do some of the things that ed was talking about earlier and now when you're saying he didn't play well with with beal he's really playing it conservative playing next to luca and at times jason kidd has even played him next to luca and brunson which i think is a, is a weird lineup and i don't think that they'll stick with that for much longer but uh I, that it makes sense now that he he didn't play well with with beal he was nervous about how that relationship would go so he's like Hey, Luca, I'll, I'll keep passing to you. Like, I'll make the right pass. I'll make the right read. He's really trying to go in that opposite direction, at least early on so far. Yeah, I think Dinwiddie has an issue with balancing. I feel like he had an issue with finding that balance between being aggressive and being passive. Mm. When Brad wasn't there, he was just full on getting my shots up, attacking. When Brad was there, he's like, oh, I want to be more of a facilitator. I want to try to get 10 assists, you know, but then the shooting... You got two shots up, and it's the third quarter now heading into the fourth, and you got four points. So I think he always struggled to find that balance, and I think that's mainly because he's not a true natural point guard. That's not what he is. you know. So I think him off the bench will definitely help where maybe he'll start to get in that aggressive groove and try to put the ball in the basket because that's what he was good at in Brooklyn. Let's go back with Davis Bertans. So Tommy Shepard gave him this contract, right? Like he gave him this long contract. And it was at the time like, oh, okay, he's a shooter, shoots, you know, over 40% from three. That's the going rate, right? The Tim Hardaway is the Josh Harris, you know, the, the Joe Harris is the, you know, guys like that. We're getting that type of money. What was it about Davis Bertans that, you know, he proved to the Wizards to give him to give him that level of a contract? Go ahead. Yeah. And before we get to Bertans, we're going to get to a quick word from Price Picks with the. Yes, we are. Guys, all right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award winning app, Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we know you will too. You pick two to five players in an over slash under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can go 
James, LeBron James over in points. And when football comes back, Mahomes under in passing yards. And Price Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on the college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 free if a player on your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. Guys, I do want to thank you all for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So, Nick, we asked that question for us. It was a Davies Bertans question. Why did they give him the contract? Why they gave him the contract. Well, Dude, he bamboozled us. Yes, he bamboozled <laughs> us. All of us. What, did, mean, what was it? Just smoke and mirrors? Like, how did he trick the Wizards he, into giving him that contract? The, the the clip I always see floating around when a Davies Berton name pops up, or is that Hornets game? That 2019 that Hornets game where he was just insane, and it's like, oh, I hope this guy, that guy is gone. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> he'll come back in Dallas. But that man is gone. He's no longer exists. He doesn't. He does not exist anymore. I mean, maybe you guys will get it. Maybe it was just the Wizards and he'll get back to that form with the Mavericks. But he was consistent, which he hasn't been. He'll have one good shooting game and then a one for seven shooting game right after that. It's inconsistent. It's annoying. So once you start missing your threes, which is what you're paid to do, you have one job. Because that makes the defensive liability less annoying because you're such a, a true threat from the three-point line. Nobody really cares about you being a defensive liability. But if you stop making those threes and you stop shooting consistently, it becomes an issue. And yes, he can say all oh, what he want about the Wizards and playing time. He had open shots still. And he missed a lot of open shots after that 2019 season. Like He came into camp out of shape. That um, last season, he came in out of shape. It was just bad. So after that contract, I mean, it, it was just bad. But great on his agent, though. Great job, agent. Yeah. <laughs> Davies, yeah, his agent definitely should get the uh, agent of the year. Um, Davies, there was a playoff game against the Sixers where he had zero points, zero rebounds, um, zero assists, and six fouls. He fouled out of the game. He had a uh, quadruple zero game. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, the Tony Snell. Yep. Yeah, the Tony Snell. <laughs> so, Davies, yeah, when he's hot, he's on. Uh, he, he had a couple clutch shots in the beginning of the year. Um, but other mm-hmm. than that, when he's off, man, he's off. And he's taking some really bad – it's not it's not about him missing. It's the shot selection, too. Sometimes it, it just looks like he's shooting the ball with his eyes closed. Um, he'll come off a screen and just jack it up. So, the shot selection was bad. I think with you guys, the shot selection will be better and the, he'll get some more open shots because Dinwiddie mm-hmm. was not creating a lot of open shots for guys. Since he was so slow, Luca is going to be able to create shots for him. Some of those corner mm-hmm. threes that Davies is really, really good at. Um, and before we, you know, we had a guy like a Russell Westbrook. We had a guy like a John Wall, who John Wall didn't play with Bertans, but you know Russell Westbrook was able to get Bertans a lot of open shots because you know Russ is going a hundred thousand miles per hour, mm-hmm. so he is going to get open shots for shooters where we just didn't have a facilitator on the roster at all. So some of it, 
is Berton's fault, and then some of it is, you know, Tommy Shepard because he's he's a one-trick pony. He's, he's he only has one NBA skill, which is what Wes Unsell Jr. said as well, and he can't play defense. So that's why he collected DMPs because Wes Unsell Jr. is a defensive-minded coach. Um, and if you can't play defense, you can't make shots, you can't rebound, you can't make assists, you can't, you know, <laughs> you run out of things. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you know, you just have a you have a seat next to the coaches or at the end of the bench. So I, I think he will play, play better because Luke is going to be able to give him spoon feed him and give him easier shots. Same thing with Brunson; he'll be able to give him easier shots. Yeah, I'm not sure his role is is more defined for the Mavericks. I think his role on the court is definitely more defined for the Mavericks, right? He's, he's doing just he's catch and shoot, right? You know, run around a couple screens here and there. I think that that's all they're going to ask him to do, but um, his minutes are probably going to still be different, you know, depending on the matchup any given night. Cause he is a defensive liability through two games. We have, we have seen the, the gambit of, of him as a defensive liability. Um, what Spencer Dinwiddie, Ed, you mentioned that that he's a, a defensive liability as well, or that he hadn't played great defense um, in the in the great games from Dinwiddie. What have you seen that he's he's brought to the court, but on both ends? Um, the good games they were they feel like so long ago, um, but I do remember the twenty seven point game he had against the Magic, where he was controlling the floor, and mm-hmm. he did have a couple games. He had one game where he had ten points and zero assists. There was like a streak of three games where he had zero. He, he had 10, 10 assists and zero turnovers. He had a streak of two or three games where he did not have a turnover, and he actually had a, he had a solid amount. Of, he had like seven assists, eight assists, and no turnovers. Um, if you do want to slow the game down, he's fine with that. Getting guys set up in a half-court offense, that's fine. Um, the things that he does well is there were some games where he did have some clutch games. In the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. he was super, super that Celtics clutch. game. Huge threes, yeah. Um, Pacers Miami game early. Game. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple games early. He was mm, so if you're looking for a guy that's not scared to take a big shot, that's one mm-hmm. thing. His confidence, he has confidence. That's mm-hmm. one thing. I think that's why he butted heads with some guys because he does have um, confidence of an all star player, even though he's not an all star player. That's one thing I will say. He's not scared to take to take a game winning shot. And actually, at, at times he was a better clutch player than Bradley Bill because Bradley Bill would turn the ball over. Basically, mm-hmm. almost every time in the clutch, Spencer didn't. We had to give him the ball in the clutch in the beginning of the season. He was the guy making. I know Luca's probably going to take clutch shots, but if Luca, if he has a lot of pressure on him, double team, triple team, I think Spencer. I would say Spencer is a guy that you probably could rely on to make a big three with two minutes left, with a minute left. Yeah, they, they probably will. You know, rely on him at, at a certain point. If if Luca is double, triple team, him and having him and Brunson on on the floor is is a big benefit for the Mavericks, which is one of the reasons why I think that they made this specific trade um, to get somebody like that. They've been looking for another ball handler, somebody off the bench that can can play on his own, that can get his own shot, somebody else that can dribble. Just anyone, like literally anyone else that can dribble, is something the Mavs desperately needed. So uh, yeah, so I think all the reasons you guys. You guys mentioned are the reasons why they, they brought him in, plus the flexibility and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. and I, I would say some of his lobs too. Um, he he would try to throw some lobs to Gafford. They didn't work, but I guess you know guys like Dwight Powell, he'd probably be able to get them set up with some lobs. So I think he would be he he he's solid at doing that. Yeah, I think Dinwiddie, the beginning early. One thing I will say about Dinwiddie, you cannot speed him up. He plays his game, you know. That slow methodical, he plays it. You know, he he's definitely confident. Like Ed said, he'll take those big threes, et cetera, and he'll hit some. He definitely will hit some. He hit some big shots for the Wizards. I think that 
Next to Luca, if he's needed, he can get the job done. I don't think he'll be in that number two spot anymore that he was with the Wizards because he was brought in to be that number two guy next to Bradley Bill, replacing Russ. And maybe that was too much for him. It'll be less of that pressure in Dallas. You know, like you said, they got Brunson, they got Luka. So maybe it'll be a little easier for him. He won't be as heavily relied upon like he was with the Wizards. But defensively, he was okay. I mean, he wasn't locked down. He wasn't terrible. I wouldn't say he was terrible, but he wasn't really that decent either. And offensively, like I said, beginning, he was good. Towards the end, passive. Couldn't find that balance. Just too many issues. And like I said, maybe it'll be corrected in Dallas. Yeah, and in the ACL thing, there was a report that yeah. they wanted to let him sit the first 15 games of the season, mm. um, but they just let him play it out. They they did the back-to-back sit out the first or second game of the back-to-back, yeah. um, and then they stopped doing that. Now he's playing back-to-backs. Um, so from a health standpoint, but he just – he doesn't look like the guy in Brooklyn. Like, he, you're not going to get any athletic finishes around the rim or any dunks. Very, very below-the-rim guy right now. Which he needed some of that athleticism, and in Brooklyn he was a you know he was a borderline all star that one year, right yeah. when the when the Nets were were really good. It was like him or D'Angelo Russell who's going to make the you know the all star game, and, and Russell ended up making it. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they they get him back to to that kind of a form, how they use him, and they don't have a lot of time to to figure this out, right? They're they're really having to put him in and get him into the, the stretch run. Right?